I'm AJ. I'm Randy, and this is Bourbon Wine and True Crime, a podcast where two friends are going to sit down today to talk about poisoning. Such a fun topic. What are you drinking? I am drinking out of my Welcome to the Shit Show wine glass, um, my very cheap box Pinot Grigio, because that's what I can afford her right now. What about you? You're going to be so proud of me. Oh my God. What are you drinking? Wine. I'm so proud of you. It's a Roussin from this little uh, winery here called uh, Creekside Evergreen Wine Cellars. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. And I could do the I could do the engagement ring thing. Yes. <laughs> so excited. Clearly, we're missing our third friend, yeah. Sunny. She is working her butt off still and she'll be back next week with us and we'll the trio the three amigos amigas will be back together again yeah she is can't stop won't stop you she's just she's that uh hard working you just can't you re- literally cannot stop her no. you just can't no she's but like today, that oh god no <laughs> sorry <laughs> so she's i don't a- i don't know what you're covering but you asked me to talk about arsenic I did. I did indeed. And so. this is probably the funniest Wikipedia page I've seen because first it has a flyer that looks like it's from the you know early 1900s. It says, uh, a woman's face is her fortune. Dr. Sims arsenic complexion wafers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. That was a thing. So arsenic poisoning is... Um, I'm just going to read this because I think it is so silly. Uh, arsenic poisoning is a metal condition that occurs due to elevated l- levels of arsenic in the body. You don't say. You don't say. It is a metalloid. <laughs> yeah, it's a type of heavy metal metal poisoning, <clears throat> similar to mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest way that people get arsenic poisoning is from contaminated drinking water. And um, you can prevent yourself from getting arsenic poisoning by uh, not drinking contaminated drinking water. You would think that that would be pretty common sense, but if they have to spell it out, you know that there's a reason. Yeah, it's um, people in like third world countries are more susceptible to it because groundwater gets contaminated. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when arsenic poisoning becomes acute, symptoms may include diarrhea, vomiting, Vomiting blood, blood in the urine, cramping muscles, hair loss, stomach pain, and convulsions. Mm-hmm. Organs that are usually affected by arsenic poisoning are the lungs, skin, kidneys, and liver. And then obviously the final result of arsenic poisoning is death. And yeah, it's, there's a lot of, I guess the best way, if you are in a country or in an area that does have contaminated groundwater, the best way to protect yourself is to try to drink rainwater. I wonder, does it say anything like if you could like, like similar to taking salt out of water, like doing like boiling and then getting the condensated water out of that. I wonder if that would also remove any arsenic contamination. I'd be curious. Not that I would try it, but just. It doesn't say how, how you would, if you're in an area that is susceptible to groundwater being contaminated how you can like protect yourself i guess if you just start having the early effects that you need to go see a doctor mm-hmm. and like you said rainwater mm-hmm. 
And then um, I tried to look up women who murder with arsenic, and it's a lot. But <clears throat> what surprised me was a lot of the, I'm not going to go into too many details because it would be like a whole nother episode, but a lot of the women, I thought it was like, a lot of it was they were in situations where they were in abusive marriage, mm-hmm. divorce wasn't an option, arsenic was easier to come by back in the day. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of women that it's like, I think that they they killed their partner to get out of the marriage or for the money. And mm-hmm. then they kept going. Like, then they poisoned mm-hmm. their parents and then they poisoned their kids and then they mm-hmm. poisoned their, and it just, I was like, so did you, it made me wonder if they, they killed the first person for, I don't want to say like legitimate reasons, but to protect their safety. And they were like, oh, I like the way this makes me feel. I'm just going to keep going with it. Right insurance money that's convenient um how about my my brother-in-law how about my so-and-so yeah but sunny 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 bought me a book a while ago called the poisoner's handbook and it's the history of how arsenic became one of the launch points for like forensic science and why it became um, an important component to test for like in autopsies Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a, it is definitely a woman's weapon. Um, we tend to be more clean. Mm-hmm. We don't like we don't like the mess or the fuss, right? So that's a it's a much cleaner way than like say a gun or stabbing or bludgeoning. You know, it's it's just it's a lot less. It's it's less fuss mm-hmm. than, than um, other methods of of murder. But you're absolutely right. Like women. We'll use that and then it kind of snowballs. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that, that was easy. Like, I can do this again. So well, um, we're going to see that in today's case. It's also interesting that a lot of the a lot of the people that I was reading about played the long game where mm-hmm. it was very slow the way they did it. And it was like, I don't, they're just, their organs are failing. The doctors can't figure out what's going on. And then they don't, arsenic isn't something, at least like the cases that I was reading that they would normally test for. So it was just like, oh, just right. they, they were sick for so long. It was a chronic illness mm-hmm. and they died. And then what happens is they keep going and keep going. And a lot of the times, especially when it's a kid, the kid will be sick and then they're hospitalized and they get better. And then they go yeah. back home and they get worse. And then they're hospitalized, they get better. And then that's what's, where the red flags start going off. And it's almost a, and I, uh, listeners, forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. And I wish Sunny, uh, she would definitely know this. And you might know this, but I think it's like Munchausen by proxy is when your uh, child or your husband is sick and then you're receiving like all the sympathy and like, oh, you're the caregiver and oh, my child is like in the hospital. And so yeah. you're receiving money, you're receiving attention, you're receiving elevated concern and like you're kind of getting this recognition for such a wonderful caregiver you are. And oh my, and then you lose a child and all oh, the mm-hmm. grief you must be going through and and so that it is kind of this like they get sick and then they get better and then they get sick and then they get better and it's just this like this cycle of abuse that's just that eventually either leads to death or it leads to just you know horrific health conditions but there was that I want to say it's Munchausen by proxy it is Munchausen by proxy it was that um what was her name that mom had Gypsy Gypsy Rose Gypsy Rose that was mm-hmm. Munchausen by proxy where she just and it, it's crazy how much she was able to get away like how many medical Mm -hmm. procedures that Mm -hmm. little girl had done well she's an an adult now it was horrible 
they got to but they got like a house built for them they mm-hmm. got like trips to disneyland they then they had like a series of like hurricane katrina happened and then like that it, it was it was just horrific what that was just like a very sick situation but um as in these arsenic cases you'll see that with 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 women and mothers making their children sick because it gives them this like sense of of worth and value and like i'm i'm I'm, look at me and i'm i'm that my my child is so ill and you know they get all this support and attention it's very much attention seeking and control there's a big control and power factor where they can control the situation and it gives them that sense of power but like you said before though sometimes it starts off as oh like especially in the early 1900s as a way to get out of a forced marriage or an abusive Mm -hmm. marriage or a situation where a woman didn't have the ability to to leave that and then they resorted to arsenic poisoning and then like you said it just it kind of snowballs and it keeps going and we're that is almost like textbook like to what we're going to see in this case right today mm-hmm. that we're going to cover um so perfect segue we're going to be talking about the death row granny Ooh. so way way to bury the lead you know what happens <laughs> at the end um so we're going to talk about uh, a woman by the name of velma barfield um who was born margie velma bullard B- bullard Bullard, B-U-L-L-A-R-D. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. So she was born on October 29th, 1932 um, in South Carolina. Um, She was born to a very poor family in South Carolina on a small tobacco and cotton farm. She was the eldest girl of nine children. Uh, Velma was described as very quiet, soft-spoken, and sincere. Um, Life was very difficult for, for her from the beginning. Some of her siblings had died in infancy, and one was severely disfigured from polio. Um, These were the years right after the Great Depression, so life in general was just very bleak. Mm -hmm. Um, Their house had no electric heat and no hot water. Um, Kids at school would often make fun of her for the clothes that she would wear and the food that she would take for her lunch. And so she felt um, a lot of shame throughout her childhood. Um. She was raised in a very strict Pentecostal Christian household. And if you are not familiar with the Pentecostal faith, it is not kind to women in general. Don't cut your hair. You can't wear makeup. Your hair has to be up. You're not allowed to wear pants. You have to wear dresses. Um, it's better if you're not seen or heard. Uh, it's very patriarchal. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a very extreme, <clears throat> in, like in a very extreme sense, very yeah. extreme. Um, but Especially Velma, back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, tremendously. Um, but Velma was devoutly religious and um, she would kind of tune into her faith on and off throughout her life, but her underlining upbringing was devoutly pentecostal christian Mm -hmm. and as you would expect her father was a very dominant and patriarchal um figure and her mother was very submissive velma would become quite frustrated with her mother about how submissive she was and she would not stand up for herself because her dad was quite um controlling and uh violent about how he would control the family 
that's surprising that she felt that way back then even at a young age it said that she was very frustrated with her mom and and we're gonna see that play out later on but she she did not respect her mother um throughout her younger years because of how her father her father was Mm -hmm. um velma was sexually abused by her father uh physically abused as well um he abused her mother and her mother's name was lily and lily Mm -hmm. didn't stand up for herself she didn't stand up for her children she um cowered to to her husband Mm -hmm. Her life of crime began pretty early uh, when she noticed the the very large financial differences between her and her classmates. She began stealing pocket money from her father to afford little luxuries uh, like like little snacks and and treats. Um, And she began to also steal money from her classmates. Um, But this was found out. And uh, once her father found out, he he beat her severely. and, And at that point in her childhood, she didn't she didn't have any uh further theft at that point mm-hmm. um at the age of 16 velma started to date a uh young man by the name of thomas burke and burke played baseball for some of the games that her father organized in their church but her father didn't want Velma to date. He didn't want her to date at all before the age of 16 um but she was kind of not she was rebellious in the sense that she wanted out of that house she wanted out of that situation and she kind of saw this as her way to get out of the house right so she was like forbidden to date thomas but she at the age of 17 they began dating again but the conditions were that they always had to go on like a double date they always had to be accompanied by another uh, adult she had to be home by 10 o'clock and velma she did not like these restrictions that were, were being put on her. So at 17, her and Thomas um, secretly eloped. They get married and they run off. Mm-hmm. So at 17, she's married now. And her and Thomas, for the first 15 years, live rather harmoniously in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have two children together. Um, and they have a relatively, uh, I mean, he's relatively normal marriage yeah with their two children um in 1962 however velma needed an emergency hysterectomy which left her in constant pain and suffering from depression and she begins to secretly abuse prescription medication to ease the pain so she's skipping from doctor to doctor to doctor to get different prescriptions different drugs um from different doctors to ease her pain mm-hmm. um and what i think really happened to it and it's i stated in several of the sources is that she found that this these painkillers gave her a a a numbing it was a way to numb all of the anguish shame and pain from the life that she's had up until this point um but that surgery event did lead to her abuse of of painkillers mm-hmm So in 1965, um, Thomas Burke, her husband, was involved in a serious automobile accident. Um, Following the accident, he began to abuse alcohol and drugs heavily to deal with the severe pain and headaches um, that resulted from his injuries. And 
I, uh, ironically, this went against her deep Christian beliefs, even oh though she was goodness. secretly abusing pain medication, right? So okay. now she hates her husband because he's going against her Christian faith and he's abusing medication and alcohol as well. Mm-hmm. So a few years later in 1969, Velma is running errands. The children are at school and so weird that a cigarette drops and um their house mysteriously catches on fire her husband thomas dies from smoke inhalation and the house burns down oh shit okay so she's a widow at this point and she's very she's still very young two children um i don't do age math very well i was a terrible waitress i was like are you 21 cool great you said this is the 60s so this was 1969. She was born in 1932. So she's 37. Sure. Cool. All right. Fantastic. I, I dropped out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So her husband dies in this uh, fire. He dies of smoke inhalation. And only a few months later, after Thomas Burke's death, Velma began dating a, another widower named Jennings Barfield. Gotta take a drink. Hold on elevator music i'm looking at pictures of her on google and she looks creepy she's she looks so old and she was so young like yeah i'm looking it, it blows my mind it blows my mind how old she looks so the man that she starts uh dating uh jennings barfield um he did suffer from emphysema and diabetes and the two were married in 1970. So he's already got some underlying health issues. Um, their marriage only lasted a few months, according to sources, and it was described as tempestuous. I love that word, tempestuous. It's so descriptive, and I just I love how mm-hmm. what, what that paints. Yeah. So Velma would overdose on pills. He would take her to the hospital. He oh, she'd, he'd bring her back home, and then it would all happen again. Um. But then it was very convenient that he suddenly dies on the 21st of March, 1971, of heart failure, mm-hmm. supposedly, allegedly. Did, do you know if she got any money after her first husband died? It, I didn't see it in any of the sources, um, but what it alludes to is that she would take money out in their, in his name to pay for her prescription drug addiction mm-hmm. uh, but it never once alluded to like life insurance money as a motive I the see. motive was was always highlighted as painkiller addiction okay so now she's married to jennings but he dies of a quote-unquote heart failure which looks like a natural death so she's, uh, here we go, uh, at the age of 39, here we go, um, she's now widowed again for a second time, and a distraught Velma moved into her parents' home in Fayetteville, North Carolina, back in with her very abusive father and a mother that she has zero respect for. Right. Not long after moving in with her parents, Velma's father died of... Heart failure. Lung cancer. So really? Lungs disease of the lungs well i didn't mention this earlier but um like long-term arsenic poisoning increases the risk of cancer and exposures related to the skin lung liver and kidney cancer among others 
Mm-hmm. So no, and, and this is me speculating wildly. Nowhere in my research did I find that she even alluded to the fact that she could have killed her father. But to me, I, I feel like it's a pretty big neon sign. Yeah. That not long after she moves in and he sexually abused her, he was horrible. She, he, like, he was a horrible human being. She's not much greater, but I mean, it doesn't take much to put two and two together. Yeah. So in the summer of 1974, Velma's mother, Lily, began complaining of severe stomach pains. She was admitted to an area hospital, but sent home when her symptoms began to subside. Mm -hmm. In August 1974, a man that Velma had been dating was killed in a fatal car accident, which is speculated to, like, have increased her depression. Mm -hmm. In December of that same year, um, Lily, Velma's mother, again began to show symptoms of a serious stomach illness. During that time when Velma lived with her mom, so her dad has passed, she's living with her mom, she would forge her mother's signatures on loans to pay for her painkiller addiction. And she did it so many times that her the notifications started to be sent to the home and her mom was the perfect mark like she she didn't love her mom she her mom thought that when she moved back in with her she should be running her chores she should be cleaning the house she should be doing what she said mm-hmm. and Velma was like not having any of this like she was very angry at her mom and was also taking out these loans, forging checks to cover her many doctor's visits and prescription pain medications. Um, and now her mom has already started to show signs once already going to the hospital and mm-hmm. now she's she's becoming sick again. So then Lily receives notices in the mail that she has a car loan that's overdue and that her car was going to be repossessed if it wasn't paid off. And she's like, I don't have a car loan. Like, my car is paid off. Like, what is this? And Velma becomes paranoid about this. And once again, Lily becomes seriously ill. Mm-hmm. So in December of that same year, 1974, Lily's rushed to the hospital. Um, but within two hours, she's pronounced dead. Oh, jeez. So this is December 1974. The doctors were unable to diagnose Lily's illness, and there was never an autopsy performed. Ultimately, it was um, on the death certificate pronounced as heart failure. They didn't do an autopsy? They did not do an autopsy. So, so far, no no autopsies have been performed. Mom, dad, first husband, nobody. Jennings, her second husband, no one. So she's been married twice, and Mm -hmm. both parents have died. So four deaths. I can't believe that they were just like, we're not sure how she died. Like, yeah, it's probably heart, heart failure. Heart, heart failure. There's nothing I could do. There's nothing I could do. Nothing I could do. So now both of her parents are gone and she is still writing bad checks, but now she's writing bad checks in her dead husband's name. Okay. And those checks are found out by authorities so she tries to take her own life Uh by overdose but is unsuccessful eventually she begins she be she began working hold on i think i skipped a part sorry guys (laughs) 
Okay, here we go. All right, so she bounces checks in her dead husband's name. She tries to take her own life. She She's unsuccessful. She survives that attempt. Um, uh, But authorities are on to her for the fraud. Mm -hmm. That's what they're looking at her for. And she begins a new career as a caregiver to the elderly. Guess how, that, guess how that's going to go. And she begins stealing money from her parents to fund her painkiller addiction. But thankfully, in 1975, authorities are able to connect her to these uh, forged checks, to these bounce checks, to these loans. And she is sentenced for um, six months mm -hmm. for just the bad checks. But she right. only serves three. Yeah. Because she's a good Christian and she gets out on grounds of good behavior. So then she gets out of out of jail, 1975, and, and gets another job again as a home health nurse for this elderly couple. Um, a 94-year-old Montgomery Edwards and his 84-year-old wife, Dolly. Mm -hmm. Montgomery was um, extremely disabled. He was an amputee. He had severe sight problems and was bedridden. His wife, Dolly, was slightly more mobile, but unfortunately, in January of 1977, Montgomery Edwards dies. And nobody's yeah. surprised because he's 94. And it's he's very ill, and so it's natural causes. So Velma continues to live in the house with Dolly as her caregiver. Um, and Dolly is described as being extremely meticulous and wanted things a certain way mm -hmm. and would notice that Velma would get lazy and sloppy and Dolly would be very direct with her and like ex express how uh, unhappy she was with Velma's, you know, caregiving and her care of the house. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Velma became very ill um, or not Velma. I'm yeah. sorry. Dolly became very yeah. ill in february of 1977 so it's it's so january montgomery dies mm -hmm. and by february dolly is now showing symptoms of extreme illness what is she getting out of this like because she... she's stealing their money oh man yeah she's just stealing their money so by the end of february now dolly edwards is also dead Okay. And doctors are are only convinced that she had developed a quote strange stomach virus. No autopsy. No autopsy. What the fuck? No autopsy. Velma is 45. Okay. 45 mm. years old. What for six pers for perspective, if you're watching this on YouTube, any listeners, and for anybody who knows me, I'm 42. And this chick looks about 95. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to post pictures because I'm like, it's, it's I thought, wild. I thought she was like 60. It's wild. Like that short hair grandma haircut and those like big glasses. Mm -hmm. Like they like wanted to look older than they were. I don't know. Anyway, so let's do a count. Mom and dad. Mm -hmm. First first husband, fire. Sec has second husband, like Mr. Like quote unquote natural causes. Mm-hmm. Montgomery Edwards, old dude, his wife Dolly. Mm -hmm. We're up to six. Okay. And she's only 45. Yeah. 
Now this next part, I could not find any more details on and it was making me crazy. To be fair, I had like a truncated time frame, so I didn't have a whole lot of time, but I'm a pretty good researcher and I couldn't find much of anything on this. So if if you can find something or anybody listening finds something, I would love to see it because I, I legitimately couldn't find anything and it'll it'll come full circle at the end. So these two people are are now deceased that she was taking care of and she's reassigned to care for another elderly couple by the names of john henry and record lee Jeez. john henry dies in june of 1977 and again his doctors diagnose it as a severe stomach virus what the f- and that's the end of the sentence like that that's all i could find that's it but recordly, I don't have anything on, and John Henry Lee, I don't. I there's no other details that I could find. It's so weird. So later on in 1977, um, Velma's going to church. She's again devoutly Christian. She's going to evening church, Sunday church, Wednesday church, and she meets this um, fellow Christian by the name of Stuart Taylor, mm-hmm. and they begin a relationship and so they're in a they're not married but they are in a relationship and so one day while Velma and Stewart are attending a Pentecostal revival meeting in Cumberland County North Carolina Stewart began to complain of severe stomach pain Velma had begun to slowly poison her partner with rat poison that contained arsenic mm-hmm. she would make his cereal add the milk and the poison she would sit across from him at the table while he ate his cereal, and she ate hers, and would watch as he ingested the poison. She watched herself slowly murder him. So this was a, a slower situation. Yeah, that is cold. Mm-hmm. He was later admitted to the hospital, but he was dead within a matter of days. It was suspected that he had gastroenteritis, but he was only 56 so he's a pretty young guy and the for him to die of something like gastroenteritis something that he had not been diagnosed with previously mm-hmm. was fairly suspicious to the doctors on you know on his watch finally right so his doctors suggest an autopsy they you know let's do an autopsy this is the first one and his family agrees okay and oddly enough like Velma is like all in. She's like, yeah, let's do an autopsy. Yes, but mm-hmm. let's go. Even though she's well aware that she's the one that murdered him, she's she's aware of how she murdered him, but her performance as like the grieving girlfriend mm-hmm. is so much more important for her to maintain. That's what I was gonna that's what I was going to say is if she protested to the autopsy, that'd be a big red flag to the family. Mm-hmm. And so even if it comes back where they find the arsenic, she could be like, well, obviously it wasn't me because I never would have said yes to the autopsy if I right. poisoned him. Exactly. And that was her mentality was I'm, I'm going to plead my innocence. Like I want this autopsy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm clearly it wasn't me. So while the autopsy is performed, and they are processing the results the um funeral is taking place 
and she's just front and center. Like she's riding in the car with the family. She's in the front row as the grieving girlfriend. But she's also like gaining like all of this like information and this power. Like what are they talking mm. about? What is the money? And what is this going on? Like it's like Munchausen by proxy or mm. Munchausen. Like it, it's this like sick psychological game for her of control and power and information and I'm, you know, I'm just like the grieving girlfriend and I've already been widowed twice and I've lost yeah. both my parents and yeah, she's, and of course she, she looks the part and she oh, yeah. sells the part. Like she's just this, like your grandmother, like what your you think of your grandmother. I, I think of my grandmother and I'm like, who was raised Pentecost mm-hmm. and it's, it, it's like hard to wrap your brain around it. Yeah. You just wouldn't think that. You wouldn't think that of this person. So she's able to sit with these people. She's able to grieve with his family, quote unquote, grieve, mm-hmm. all the while knowing she's responsible for Stuart's death. So ultimately, the autopsy would reveal that he had indeed been um, poisoned by arsenic. And arsenic stays in your system. It, it grows in your hair. It goes in mm-hmm. your nails. And so until your hair is cut or your nails are clipped, it's going to be in your system. And it's, it's a metal. Mm-hmm. It's going to be there. So it doesn't just like deteriorate rapidly it's going to be there for a while so the again the autopsy reveals he's poisoned by arsenic and now the attention is finally turned to velma mm-hmm. um and it's it is pointed out that stewart died a very particularly painful and slow death he mm-hmm. was in agony in the hospital he mm-hmm. was in agony at his house just and she watched it like she fed it to him and she she just watched it shortly after that Velma was arrested and she later confessed to the poisoning with art with arsenic of Mr. Montgomery Mm -hmm. the, the elder gentleman and his wife Dolly she confessed to the death of John Henry Lee the one that I can't find much information on Mm -hmm. and she confessed to the killing of her mother Lily Burke damn but not to the father not to her not to any of the others only to those four i count at least six yeah at least six she claimed that she had killed them in order to cover up the fact that she had stolen money from them in order to support her prescription drug drug use and then she all also ultimately later confessed to poisoning her partner stuart taylor Mm-hmm. despite her confessions to these murders Velma continued to refute the claims that she had killed Thomas Burke and Jennings Barfield Jennings was her second husband mm-hmm. Jennings was e- eventually exhumed and traces of arsenic was found in his body although she would not confess to his murder mm-hmm. bitch please like you've what? already confessed to four I say, what's just, the point of not confessing to the last if you're two? Su- if you're such a Christian and you're like, these are my sins and please forgive my sins, mm-hmm. like, then confess your fucking sins. Like, everything. Let's, let's be real. Let, come on, no. Anyway, um, while on trial, uh, Velma did take the stand in her own defense. Um, she didn't, on the stand, she didn't full out confess. What she claimed was that the deaths had just been an accident there was Mm, nothing she could do that she was just trying to make them very very sick 
with rat uh, poison while, while stealing their money for her painkiller drug addiction mm-hmm. so ultimately velma barfield was convicted of first degree murder of stuart taylor in december of 1978 the trial jury found aggravating circumstances and recommended that she be sentenced to death she would never be taken to trial for the other deaths hmm. um, even though she did confess to officials that she did indeed murder um the other three individuals even though we suspect it's closer to six mm-hmm. um and what's really sad and really upsetting is especially for the edwards montgomery and dolly and john henry lee is that their families hired her yeah to care for their loved ones and they don't know how much longer they would have lived had they hired someone else. They don't know what their life would have been like. But the guilt that was on those family members was terrible, I'm sure. Like immeasurable. Like you can't even comprehend it. So ultimately she was sentenced to death and the the judge recommended death. The jury only took a few hours to come back to recommend the death sentence. And in 1978, this was around the time that federally the death sentence was reinstated mm-hmm. uh, because it had been deemed unconstitutional there for a little while. And then now it's, it's, it's brought back and she would be the first woman sent uh, or at least sentenced to death in almost four decades. Jeez. While on death row, Velma became a born-again Christian, and she began to uh, minister to fellow inmates and guards. Uh, she was such a model inmate that other uh, in um, inmates would come to her for advice. She confessed her sins. She um, just really played this card of, like... I recognize that I'm guilty and that I've done, I've hurt people and, um, but I should be given clemency. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, she began write, writing letters to governor J- Jim Hunt in which she argued that her born again, Christian faith should be considered as a mitigating factor for commuting her sentence to life in prison. Right. And she did indeed uh, garner a great deal of support from many Christians across the United States, including evangelists Billy Graham and his Mm -hmm. wife, Ruth. There it is. Yeah, truly. Fuck off. Is there the, you know, there's just the picture of morality. Oh, truly. Governor Hunt thankfully denied her requests for clemency, and Barfield also appealed her her conviction to the United States District Court of Eastern North Carolina. Despite a temporary stay of execution, her legal appeals were eventually denied. She was given the option of death by either cyanide gas or lethal injection, and she chose lethal injection. Because mm-hmm. why would she choose cyanide when her method of death was arsenic for all of her victims? I just found that so comical. Well, lethal injection is the worst way to go. It's just, it's to me, it's comical. So ultimately, Velma Barfield's last meal was like a Coca-Cola and cheesy poofs. She wanted to wear pink pajamas 
and made sure she wanted to wear a bra mm -hmm. during her execution. She was executed on November 2nd, 1984. Uh, she died approximately 10 to 15 a.m. in the central prison in Raleigh, North Carolina. She was 52 years old at the time of her execution, and she was the first woman to be put to death by lethal injection in the United States. What? Oh, I didn't know that. And that is the case of the death row granny. What a gross asshole. Mm-hmm. Again, your childhood is not your fault, but your adulthood is your responsibility. Yeah, you can't go around killing people just because you had a bad childhood. Because it doesn't fit your lifestyle at the time. Yeah. Like, oh, this, the woman that hired me to work said I'm not working, so I'm just going to murder you. What the mm -hmm. fuck is wrong with yeah. you? Yeah. I didn't want them to die. I just wanted to make them very sick. So which is worse? You're you're either wanting to kill them or you're wanting to cause them extreme pain? Yeah. Because this is not a, this is not like a, a go to sleep and then you're dead kind of death. This is no, a it's long, bad. painful horrific way to die that you're you're watching them die in front of you you're mm -hmm. you're watching yourself poison them it's 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 horrific it's it's absolutely terrible and Jeez. well velma, velma barfield thanks for that aj that was a you're doozy welcome. you're welcome it was a change like i didn't it was it was a little lighter than my other case <laughs> yeah i ernesto was uh, asking for sources of your other case and uh, i'm not gonna well no because this it'll get released before then but i forgot that you covered april tinsley mm -hmm. and i was like i'm never doing a child murder i have a um yeah these are the cases that i i research and that i i'm i sink my my fingers into i it, the psychology behind it is fascinating to me in a very morbid and twisted way but how these people are able to like mentally do these things is just it's an, it's it's an aspect of humanity that i don't think that we understand yet mm -hmm. we try very hard we've studied it very very deeply like Doc, there's a um, a psychologist, Dr. Carlisle, who interviewed like Ted Bundy and Manny Cortez and um, some other serial killers. Who was he was very deeply trying to understand the psychology of these very horrible human beings and how they became this way. And I I don't know if we'll ever understand it, but it is something that is we we need to try mm -hmm. to understand. And we need to try to recognize the signs early on, but yeah, I that's the thing. I can't believe that she killed so many people, and they were just like, "Yeah." We and don't there's, know. So, there's so many like her first husband could have could have legitimately died in that fire, and she could have gone on to raise her two children and uh, led a normal life. Mm -hmm. And and I again like with her two children, I didn't find anything, and and they probably rightfully so don't want to be publicly you know displayed mm -hmm. as as their mother's children um but it's 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 deeply disturbing it's deeply disturbing it is, to say the yeah. least so death row granny death row granny 
They can look like your grandmother, but be just as deadly as any other cellular killer. Oh, there's a couple of them that are the grannies and they're worse somehow. Mm -hmm. Well, until next time, don't forget to like and subscribe. We have a new email address. It's uh, bourbonwineandtruecrime at gmail.com. So if you have case suggestions, just hit us up and then we will add it to our list. We would love to do some research. I'm a research fiend. Mm-hmm. Let down, me know. I go down and some Sunny will be with us next time. Yes, finally. We, we miss, miss you, Sunny. Very much. We miss you. Come back to us. Come back. Come Maybe back. come back. <laughs> All well, right. Till next time. See you later. Bye.